Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Live Q&A. Here we go. I'm excited about this one. I see that things are already going down in chat. What is up, everyone? I hope you guys are all having a really, really good day. As chat fills up um, with, with people saying, what's up? People asking questions. How's it going, Spy Nick Danger? 49ers uh, Fogies, which is Gary. How's it going, Gary? Hope you're having a good one. Uh, lots of it going down here. Donald Johnson, how? what's up? How's it going? Uh, it's it's really good. And and what's up, 49ers faithful? Hope you're having a good day. Uh, it, it's, this is going to be a fun episode. You guys are going to drive it, of course, just like always. You ask the questions. We'll go through these questions. And we'll just have a fun 49ers conversation. I think this is going to be one of those episodes I'm, I've been really looking forward to all week. I haven't got to talk to you guys very much yet. Um, but definitely looking forward to having this conversation with you. SG says, what are your top five keys to victory if the 49ers want to get over the LA Chargers at Levi Stadium? What's up, Scott Hill? Welcome to chat. I think when it comes down to it, you know, your your keys for uh, beating the Chargers aren't different than they would be any other week. Number one, you need to be efficient on third down. You need to not turn over the football. You need to stop the Chargers run game. You need to confuse and get after Justin Herbert. And you need to execute uh, on offense and defense. And I think if you do those five things, you're going to win football games. And you're going to win a lot of games in this league if you're able to execute those kinds of things. Third down efficiency, not turning over the football. And also your defense getting off the field on third down are so pivotal to winning games in the NFL. The 49ers do that really good against the Los Angeles Rams. They can do that against the Chargers. They're going to win the football game. They are a very talented football team. The Chargers dealing with a little bit of injuries, of course, Mike Williams probably out. 
it, it looks like they're going to be without Keenan Allen as well. So two big-time wide receiver targets for Justin Herbert are probably going to be out. And I think that is uh, going to be a struggle for them. So just like always, because it's Thursday, it's Q&A. Fill up that chat with any questions that you have, and we'll just have a fun conversation about it. I'll do my best to get to every question that's there. Um, and let's just let's just have some fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. There hasn't been a whole lot of news recently. Um, the article I was most recent reading was about um, Steve Young kind of comparing and contrasting Christian McCaffrey to Ricky Waters. I thought it was an interesting read overall. Uh, just the things he said on KMBR, it, it was interesting. And it was something that we actually talked about a little bit, you know, last week about, um, you know, overall McCaffrey attributing him to what Ricky Waters did and what he added to the offense. I think it's the easiest comparison because you had Mike Shanahan that was with the 49ers when they had Ricky Waters for that 1994 Super Bowl. So to me, that one made a lot of sense. And that is the the same sort of thing that's going on there is Steve Young's having those same sort of vibes, but he was talking about Ricky Waters was bigger, uh, looked a little bit more fluid, where Christian McCaffrey, to me, is more explosive with short area quickness. Uh, intelligence is off the charts, but both of the things that they're going to be able to add to the offense, running the football and catching the ball in the backfield, I think are very dynamic. So I liked overall the comparison, and of course, it was brought up to me, uh, I believe Donald was the one that brought it up to me in, in the comments about Roger Craig. You don't want to forget Craig's, the ability to do things in the offense too, catching the football, running. Uh, the 49ers have been known for these kind of running backs. Christian McCaffrey is just the next wave of those. You use the LaDainian Tomlinson, Roger Craig, Marshall Falk, a special kind of running back. And that's exactly what the 49ers need. And what's up, Gary? Hope you're having a good day. I hope you're doing good. Uh, Spiding Dangerous is Ant. If defensive tackle and corner and O-line continue to be the 49ers' weaknesses, can we sign players to fix them? Yeah, I mean, you you have opportunities to sign players whenever. And the question is, can you find players to do that? Now, we know defensive tackle we've talked about a lot over the last several weeks, including I put out a video this week about Indomitian Sue. Um, he's available. I mean, so there are defensive players out there and defensive linemen available. Cornerback, it's a little bit more shaky. There's not guys really out there you could sign and play that could start and play better than DeAndre Lenore. So you're really kind of just held back by, you know, the ability to bring a player in that can compete and play at a higher level than the guys you currently have. That's why I was kind of pitching. Maybe they were going to trade for someone, or maybe they just know that Diomar Lenore is going to be able to hold up or that Jason Verrett's going to get ready. But yeah, there's not very many options. And then as far as offensive line, there's just not very many options out there. Um, the comments that Chris Furster had about uh, Daniel Brunskill a few weeks ago was it was a stretch for Brunskill to play center. So I think that uh, that's one thing you got to remember is that, you know, when it comes to Brunskill, he's probably not going to play center. They're probably going to rock with Brendel. I think this is what we got. We got, this is the rotation. We're going to give Brunskill. Burford are going to rotate. Banks is going to continue to play left guard. And, you know, and then you're rolling with those tackles. This is just kind of how they see this team going. And what's up, Scott? Scott says, and will our defense improve to what we had early in the season? I think it's going to get better. I don't know if it's ever going to get back to that level. I think a lot of that hinges on Jason Verrett. If Jason Verrett is able to go back to his 2022 or 2020 capabilities in 2022, then he can play up to Emmanuel Mosley standards. And Mosley was doing a pretty good job, about a 70% grade on PFF, which isn't bad. I think if Jason Verrett can play to that level, it will free up Hufanga and a lot of the other defensive players to be able to make some big-time plays for this defense. 
and then I think they can get back to that. But um, I, I think it is a little bit of a step down from Emmanuel Mosley to Diomedo Lenore. And with that, you have to kind of play defense differently. You have to give him help at times with safeties. You have to run some bracket coverage. There's just different things you have to do. So I think that hinges on Jason Verrett. It hinges on Eric Armstead being able to get out there and play defensive tackle because if you can get that force back in there and stop the run on early downs and then present a third and long pass rush situations, then this 49ers defense can go back to being elite. Um, but they're going to need either guys to step up or guys to get healthy. And that's the only way they can get back to that level again. Uh, what's up, Ty? How's it going? Uh, you rock as well. So always good to have people coming through chat. Really appreciate it. Traffic says, what up, TCC? Hope everyone's having a good day. I am hoping everyone has it. I'm hoping you're having a good day as well. Traffic, welcome to chat. Spiding Tinder says, Ant, we beat Seattle once this season. Any reason we can't do it again? No, there's no reason we can't do it again. I really do believe the 49ers can beat everyone within this division. Uh, they're going to have two big matchups against the Cardinals. Of course, one in Mexico City on November 21st on Monday Night Football. That'll be a fun, exciting game. And then they're going to have one to end the season against the Cardinals. Uh, so the, the last three weeks of the season, they go Seattle, uh, Raiders, and then a Cardinal. So it's going to be a pivotal stretch for the Niners. But they can beat the Seattle Seahawks. They need to stop the run. Uh, that's one thing Seattle's gotten going recently. They've been able to run the football. They've been able to play some pretty timely defense. And Geno Smith has been accurate when asked to do so. So the 49ers need to make sure they go in there in that game when they play Seattle to stop the run. As long as they're able to stop the run, they're going to be able to defeat the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks don't have the same weapons. Geno's not built the same way to take things, you know, make things happen like Russell Wilson. So that magic is kind of gone. And I'm hoping that the four years offense is going to continue to roll at such a high rate that they're going to start making it very difficult in, you know, for these other teams. These other teams are going to have to be like, wow, we have to score in every position to be able to keep up with the 49ers. But we'll see. I do think they can win the division, though. Uh, David V says, Kittle, Debo, CMC, Juice, Ayuk, what you going to do when the 49ers run wild on you? I love the Hulk Hogan. Listen here, brother. What you going to do? I love it. Uh, fantastic, David V. I love that. Uh, Gary says, Brunskill is the best backup O-lineman in the NFL. I think it feels nice having Brunskill within the offense, you know, and the fact they keep working him in. We have him in case something happens with McGlinchey to play right tackle. He can play both guard spots. Of course, he could play center in a pinch as well. Um, so, yeah, it's nice having him. And uh, Gary says, bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? SG says, what's your offensive and defensive MVP for the San Francisco 49ers? Um, I think the defensive MVP right now has to be Nick Posa. He's eight sacks. He's He's been tearing it up. When he's out there, he's a difference maker. I think that one's pretty easy. I think there has been very good defensive performers. Talano Ufonga can be listed up there really close to what Bosa has done. And then on the offensive side of the ball, as far as MVP goes, that's a little bit more uh, difficult because Brandon Ayuk's played well, Kittle's played well. I don't think anyone's really stepped up as an MVP. Uh, I could easily give it to CMC since he played two games in the, the second game. He really did a great job against the Rams. I don't know if there's a clear-cut offensive MVP for the 49ers right now. Uh, but defensively, I think it's Bosa followed closely by Kala Noah Hufanga. And Jag comes through with a $2 super chat. Says, at TCC, is Mitchell going to start, not TDP, Mason? Um, I, I don't think Mitchell's going to start. Christian McCaffrey's going to start. And then I think Mitchell will be the next guy in. I look for Mitchell to still be a part of the game plan. 
But I think you're not going to see PDP or Mason besides special teams. You're going to see a lot of CMC. You're going to see some Elijah Mitchell. And then the rest of those guys are probably not going to get very many reps. They're going to go with the two-man rotation for this running back room. And then they'll sprinkle in a little bit of Debo here and there. But I think that, you know, with those two guys, those are two legit, you know, first overall, you know, caliber player. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Like uh, number one overall running back caliber players. Uh, fantastic. So I think that those are going to be the two guys going. And Elijah Mitchell had himself one heck of a training camp. He looked great. He would have been having a huge year if he wasn't hurt. Hopefully the limited reps will help him stay healthy. And hopefully him taking some of the reps from Christian McCaffrey will keep him healthy as well. Both of those guys will kind of work in tandem, you know, to get, to keep people healthy. So I, I'm enjoying that. Um, Finding Danger says, Ant, after watching the Chiefs screen us to death, how would D'Amico not be prepared to see the Rams do the same? I think that he just thought he was going to be able to put pressure on Stafford. And I think he thought maybe McVay would hit them with a couple. So a lot of times when you're going into game planning, you see things that teams do against you. And you realize that other teams could try to take advantage of that. Um, but sometimes what you do is you look at it and you're like, okay, they saw it work. So they're going to figure that we're going to cover for it. So they're not going to do it. So sometimes you kind of outsmart yourself or talk yourself out of certain types of things like that. And I think that's what happened. I think, you know, he went into the game and he felt like, you know what? They saw us get screened. They're going to figure we're going to work on the screen. We're going to work on the jet sweep and we're going to make sure we take those things away. So we're, they're going to go a different avenue. So he thought, you know what? We'll just go put pressure on them and that'll help negate whatever they're trying to do. But I, I think that's what happened. Um, but you're right. I mean, you got to be prepared in case, you know, this in case uh, a team comes out and screens you to death, which they pretty much did. And uh, thanks so much, Jay Ellie, you know, for, for re-upping your membership. It says, Ant, holding it down, still waiting for that center and, and D-tackle move. Yeah, I mean, so far, I don't think we're going to get a center move. I really don't. I, I don't think they're going to make a move for a center. I don't think that anyone's going to be available, Jay Ellie. I think that's one of the things that's, a, you know, we're kind of locked into. Um, I kept hoping, you know, maybe Alex Mack would come out of nowhere. Uh, but besides that, we don't really have anyone, you know, um, that's going to do it. And 49 Spaceless says, Brendel stinks. And that's the thing is, but who, you know, who are they going to go with? I don't know. At some point, Nick Zakel will be ready. Will that be the end of this year? Will that be next year? I tend to think it's going to be next year. So we'll see. Uh, but I, I love that comment, by the way. Um, SG says, hey, Ant, are we still going to San Francisco 49ers for New Orleans Saints postgame show on StreamYard? Yes, we are going to um yeah that's what we talked about on email so we'll be doing that by nick danger said and do you think the 49ers will go right back to lance as quarterback one next season i do i i think they're gonna go back to trey lance they paid so much they invested so much in him that i think they're gonna want to go back to trey i think it could make it a lot more difficult if the 49ers win the super bowl this year which i want them to win the super bowl I mean, turning away from a Super Bowl, you know, champion quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo would make it difficult. Uh, not completely, you know, it wouldn't be a wrong decision, but it would make it very difficult uh, for the 49ers to do so. Uh, but I hope we have that issue. I hope we have that problem to worry about. So I want to see the 49ers win a Super Bowl. And uh, if, if that's the case and we, they have to make a decision between Jimmy and Trey at that point. Uh, we'll worry about that after. Let's get that ring first. But 
Um, I think the, right now, barring you know something like that, I think, yeah, it's going to be Trey Lance as a starting quarterback next year. Donald says, I believe we can beat the Seahawks, but they always seem to play the Niners hard. I hope they do, and they believe they can. Yeah, and it's in Seattle. So, I mean, it's not like it's a cupcake game. Anytime you go up to CenturyLink, it's a difficult matchup against the Seahawks. The 49ers have walked with victories there, but it has been slim pickings, and the 49ers will have to go out there and execute at a high level. Um, but I think they can do it. You know, I think they really can. I think this is a good defense. I think the offense is going to continue to get better. And I'm hoping by the time they play the Seahawks, they'll be rolling on all cylinders and really be able to do some things. Travis says, I don't know about who our MVP is, but I know Bosa deserves all the praise. Parsons has been getting, but since he's not a cowboy, he won't. Yeah, I mean, Bosa deserves a lot of praise, and Bosa's fantastic. So I think he's going to continue to get some of that recognition, but... Uh, unless he goes on a just blistering pace, he's not going to get the same sort of attention that, you know, Parsons is going to get. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, he's not a media darling. So, uh, yeah, I think Bosa flies under the radar a little bit more than that. Uh, David V says, quick release and check downs for Jimmy. It seems to be the, the way to go to win football games. And right now he did that at a high level. 84% completion percentage was fantastic. Jimmy Garoppolo had two questionable passes. Everything else was spot on. Uh, so I'll take, that, I'll take that rating right now. That's really good for what Jimmy can do for this offense, especially with a really good defense. SG, hey, Ant, are we still doing this? Every I, I think I answered that. Uh, you said it again, but I believe I answered it already. Uh, Gary says, what about a three-back backfield, CMC, Juice, Mitchell, or Debo? Why not? I mean, that's the thing, Gary. You can pretty much do whatever you want with personnel groupings. You can put guys... Um, wherever you want. So, yeah, why not? I mean, put put it out there and see how the defense reacts to it. What personnel grouping are you going to get? It would be pretty wicked to see that. I would love it, you know, and uh, why not? Kyle Shanahan can continue to get creative, continue to do lots of uh, lots of things in the, the offense. You know, whatever he can scheme up, he's only limited by his own imagination. And I think that's good for this offense because uh, anytime you can continue to diversify the offense and keep defenses off off balance, keep defense wondering what you're trying to do on offense. I think that's good signs for the 49ers. And they have so many diverse, talented players that they can use uh, and put them in a variety of different situations. And uh, Kyle can really look at his guys now, see which which plays they're the most successful at, and then dial up certain personnel groupings to get matchups that help those players. I mean, if he can scheme up matchups to get Debo and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle lined up on linebackers, that's what you want to do. Those are mismatched, huge mismatches for the 49ers that they can take advantage of. And that's what Kyle's job is, is to go ahead and get those guys in the best situation to be successful. And, and I'm looking forward to it as well, SG. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I, you know, we'll we get into that, and then that'll be good uh, for sure. Uh, 49ers Faithful says BA is very sure-handed. He's been catching a lot of footballs this year. I think one of the things that, you know, he, every once in a while he has a drop. I felt like most recently, the last couple of weeks, I felt like he's done a pretty good job of catching the football. Uh, he needs to continue to have sure hands. The 49ers are going to count on him. He's the wide receiver for the 49ers that can win man-to-man -man coverage. That is what Brandon Ayuk provides this 49ers offense, is a guy that can execute at a high level in one-on-one -on -one coverage and um, and they don't have very many of those guys. You know, I mean, Kittle, he can win one-on-one -on -one versus a linebacker or safety. 
but I mean, overall, wide receiver wise, Debo is not exactly a guy that goes out and wins consistently one on one, but he's dynamic with the ball in his hand. So they have kind of different strengths and weaknesses for each one of these 49ers wide receivers and being able to use them uh, in certain ways is what's going to make it pivotal for them. And while I have a quick a quick chance here, I'm going to ask everyone that is watching if you could go ahead and like the video, subscribe if you haven't already, um, join the over 3,000 people that have been subscribed to the 49ers Cutback. I'd really appreciate it. And thank you guys so much for watching. And if you're watching and you haven't interacted yet, go ahead and jump in the chat, leave a question. I'll get to it. Uh, even if you, you just want to leave an interaction, like say hello, I'll make sure to say hi as well. It'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to having even more conversations. And SG says, what should I, time should I schedule the 49 for St. Postgame show on StreamYard? I'm not sure. I don't exactly remember what time that game is. I can look it up. I can send you a, an email afterwards and kind of let you know, SG, what's going on. Because um, I always usually go off of that. And then it's a little bit, you know, kind of like playing it um, close to the vest. You just kind of try to figure it out, like what's going to happen. 49ers Faithful says, need consistency on special teams. It's been bad. That is an area the 49ers need to improve. You know, me and Jay Hill did a grades episode where we went over the 49ers, you know, offense, defense, special teams, coaching, the front office, and graded them out. And I really had to give the special teams a D. Uh, they just haven't consistently played well. I thought lately Ray Ray McLeod has come on. Ray Ray's had some big returns. Uh, but the 49ers have had some gaffes. You know, they've had blocked field goals. Uh, their kick coverage hasn't been very good at times. So I think it'll help getting guys like Tavarius Moore back. Him being out was bad. He's a gunner. Um, I think overall, though, they added a lot of players in special teams that they were counting on, like George Odom, uh, and, you know, and and like Ray Ray McLeod. And those players were supposed to really help uh, this this special teams. And so far, the special teams hasn't lived up to expectation. The good news is there's nine games left for them to be able to play up at a high level and help this football team win games. Complimentary football is a real thing. I think it would be big if the special teams started playing at a high level. They did pretty good last week, so maybe they can stack and build upon that uh, because if they can get the special teams playing at a high level and the offense is already kicking up, it, it's going to be good for the Niners because they still have a top five defense in the league. So let's see. Uh, Spiding Danger says, Ant, is this group of 49ers offensive players' weapons the best since our Super Bowl teams? It's pretty darn good. I mean, it's hard to think about, you know, a a roster that's as talented as this. I mean, of course, the Super Bowl caliber teams, especially the 80s and middle 90s, when you had Rice and Taylor and Jones and, you know, Craig, Rathman or Waters and Floyd. I mean, those teams were spectacular, loaded talent-wise. I think skill player-wise, the Niners are getting to that level. McCaffrey's an all-pro all caliber player. You have an all-pro tied in. You have an all-pro wide receiver in Debo Samuel. You have a really good number two in Brandon Ayuk. You have an all-pro left tackle. Uh, you have an all-pro caliber fullback. I mean, they really do have weapons all over the place. I think the biggest difference between uh, those teams in the 80s and the early 90s is the quarterback. Joe Montana was, you know, he was all-world, not just all-pro. Steve Young was an all-pro consistently, uh, three-time MVP. He was a big-time player for the Niners, where Jimmy Garoppolo isn't to that level. Jimmy Garoppolo, I kind of attest more to like an Alex Smith, you know what I mean? So, um, but skill-wise, yeah, you have spectacular players all over. I don't think we have a Jerry Rice kind of player. 
but there's no Jerry Rice kind of players out there. They just don't exist. But you're right. This is one of the most talented uh, skill players, you know, uh, as far as groups that I've seen in a very long time. Paul says, any word on which injured players will be back for the Chargers game? Um, from everything that I've seen, Elijah Mitchell should be back. I think he's going to be back. Jawan Jennings, Debo Samuel. My understanding is all of those guys will be back. Jason Brett, I'm unsure on. Uh, I'm unsure on Eric Armstead. Kinlaw won't be back. Aziz Alshire won't be back. Just listening to what Kyle Shannon said about him being, Aziz being two weeks um, you know, post-Elijah Mitchell. So with Mitchell coming back, you got to think, you know, maybe Cardinals, but probably the game after that for Aziz Alshire. Same sort of time for Colton McKivitz. He got hurt during the Denver game. So those are six to eight week injuries. They're going to make sure they get these guys healthy. So I think that's kind of the avenue we're looking for um, those guys to come back. 49ers Fogey says, how about that Womack tackle? That was fantastic. He did such a good job as a gunner. He timed it perfectly. He got there. He had his eyes up, made a very good tackle. Uh, I loved it, you know, and that's the thing. You need young guys to step up and make plays, and Womack's getting it done on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, so I was excited about that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's good news for the 49ers, and I think that they got to continue to get better on special teams, but it's good to see a young player like Sam Womack, you know, make a play like that, and you want to see that more. You want to see more guys making those plays as the season progresses because uh, special teams helped the 49ers win a playoff game last year. It could do that again this year. I mean, when you get into playoffs, every single thing is is more heightened. Every single, you know, the urgency is real. So you have to be able to compete on all three levels of offense, defense, and special teams. A flying Super Warner. I love that play, David V, of Warner flying over the top and hitting the, def- uh, hitting the offensive guy. Uh, that was fantastic. Jag says, is the fact that we are passing more just as simple as defenses dictating that they won't uh, let us run? It is somewhat. So defenses, of course, last year especially, started loading up the box with, you know, eight to ten guys. Pretty ridiculous. So you would think ten guys in the box in the NFL. But, yeah, they're loading up. And so what defenses are giving the 49ers, the Niners are taking. And so if you're going to play, you know, play up with pressure but then play soft on the outside, we're going to take that. And what the four years have been able to do is execute at a high level. And the whole plan is to stay in front of the sticks. So if they're going to load the box and not allow you to run the ball and you'll get a consistent four or five yards and you got to find another way, uh, a pass for five or six on first down is just as, just as good as a run play. So the four years are doing that right now and they're able to execute and using McCaffrey to motion and move pre-snap has presented some obstacles for defenses as far as you know, where are they supposed to be and also matchups. Uh, and staying in front of the sticks is important. So that's what the Niners have been doing. If defenses start playing off and giving favorable boxes to run the football, then the Foreigners will start running the football again. They have two very talented backs now with Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. So no matter who Jimmy Garoppolo turns to give the ball to, uh, somebody can make a play for them. So I think that's good news moving forward. But that's exactly right. The defense helps dictate. A lot of times you want to dictate to the defense. Um, but if a, dic- a defense is going to overdo it and they're just going to dictate what you do, take advantage of what they give you. And as long as you're able to, uh, it's good. You're going to be a hard offense to stop. 49ers Fogey says no injuries at the La Lambs game. Yeah, there was none. And that, that was good news, right? Kyle Shanahan said he felt a little surprised. Uh, it felt a little awkward, but it's good news. 49ers Faithful says, according to Lombardi, 49ers are number one in DVOA passing offense. 
That is very fantastic. Uh, I did not know they were number one in DVOA and passing offense, but I mean, that's, I think that's going to continue because Christian McCaffrey opens things up for a lot of players. I mean, he's going to make it easier on every one of those guys. And I mean, that's it. Whenever you add a weapon to your offense, it makes it easier on somebody else. One of the main things people always ask is what about touches? You got to make sure you spread the ball around. Well, touches are going to be there. Uh, it's just, it's how exactly, you know, it's picking your poison for a defense. Take away one guy and another guy can beat you. And it's not that you say, oh, this is going to be a Debo game or this is going to be an Ayuk game. But if a defense comes in to take away Debo, everybody else is going to have opportunities to make plays. Then when they adjust, then you go back to Debo. If the defense adjusts during the game, great. If the defense doesn't, then you will have those kind of games. So uh, as many times, as many weapons you can get, you get them. And then you allow those guys to go make plays for you. And that's what Jimmy was doing, getting the ball in their hands and letting them create. Um, so I'm, I'm enjoying overall the offense. And I did not know they're number one in DVOA, but that makes a lot of sense. They've been pretty good. Uh, Big, Big Papa Paul says, stack boxes should leave the flats open, uh, i.e. down outs or um, UK. Yeah, I mean, that's it, right? I think that, you know, there a lot of the things that defenses try to do leave things open. And Kyle Shanahan for a long time, his offense has been about, oh, that's fine if you want to load the box. I'll run play action. I'll get you to commit to the run, and I'll throw right behind you. What Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are going to allow this offense to do also is stretch a defense horizontally with their outside run game. The outside zone game is going to be pivotal uh, because it's going to move those linebackers, and they have to commit to the run. And Christian McCaffrey, right away, name recognition-wise, defense comes into the game knowing you have to stop McCaffrey or he can he can take you out. Uh, he can make big plays, and he can be a difference maker. Before, you had the guy like that with Debo, uh, but now you have a guy with Christian McCaffrey. So I think overall, it is really good for the 49ers to continue to uh, feed Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I mean, do you want to give him 26 touches in the game? Probably not. Take off about six and have him around 20. Elijah Mitchell around 10. Uh, how do you find all the connections for all these guys? I think it's going to be you know fun to see how they distribute the football, but... Whatever the defense gives you, take. That was what made Joe Montana so successful. Is he didn't care who was getting the ball. He just made sure he was getting the ball out to one of his guys to make a play. And then as long as they rewarded him by making the catch, he kept feeding them the football if they were open. I think that's the way you go about it. Paul says, since Garoppolo uh, take to go over. Um, yeah, I mean, Garoppolo right now has been very good, at least in the one week with Christian McCaffrey fully involved in the offense about taking what was there. He threw it to Jeff Wilson Jr. out of the backfield. Christian McCaffrey, uh, we've seen him do a little bit of a check down to Brandon Ayuk. They tried to, like, fake a screen to Ayuk. The defense played it perfectly. He ended up coming back to Ayuk. So him taking what is there is important. So I, I really do uh, enjoy what he was doing in the offense and what Kyle was dialing up for him. I think you just consistently do that, and you're going to be good. Ty says, don't sleep on Austin Eckler or Keenan Allen. Oh, I definitely wouldn't sleep on him. Austin Eckler is very good. You're going to have to make sure you go in there and do well. The problem with Keenan Allen, and I've seen um, SG asking about Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen said this week on Twitter, I think it was yesterday, uh, that he's not playing again until he's 100%. And the way he was making it sound is like he's not 100% right now. So he's played injured, and he's continued to struggle uh, with the injury. And now he's saying, hey, I'm not coming back until I'm fully healthy. So Keenan Allen might not be available against the 49ers, which would be a huge blow for the Chargers. They're going to be without uh, Mike Williams as well. That's two big-time receivers for Justin Her Herbert that he's going to be without. 
that should make it a little bit easier for the 49ers offense, but you can never take, or I'm sorry, for 49ers defense, you can never take anything for granted. You have Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is such a good quarterback. He can definitely make things happen. You bring up Eckler as well. Eckler's a force, and he's been playing very well this season. 49ers can't take anything for granted. They got to go out there and bust their butts uh, to make sure they, you know, they play very well against this team. And I think they understand how hard it is to get victories in the NFL. And they're going to put forth their best effort to make sure, you know, that they do it because it's, it hasn't been easy sledding for this 49ers, you know, team this year. Um, They've lost some football games that they should have won. And I think that, you know, they've got to continue to, um, you know, do whatever they can to, to win. And uh, one of the ways you're going to do it is by taking advantage of, you know, other teams, uh, somewhat of their weaknesses. So, uh, the 49ers are doing a pretty good job right now, but they got to continue to you know, elevate their game over the next several weeks. And, you know, their schedule is pretty favorable. Uh, you know, overall, um, I like the 49ers schedule. I think, you know, I think they have an opportunity to win a lot of games. Of course, they have the Chargers this week. They're at home. Uh, that's good news. Then they're at the Cardinals, but that one's weird because it's in Mexico City. So it's not a legit away, you know, a Cardinals home game. It's a neutral site. I think there's going to be a lot of 49er fans there, but that's going to be a huge game. The 49ers are able to defeat the division rival Cardinals. That would mean they own at least one win over every single division opponent. Uh, of course, one still over Seattle, and that'd be one over Arizona. That would be 4-0 in the division. That would be pretty hard for any of these other teams to be able to consistently beat the Niners. And, you know, of course, the big game of the Seahawks will come up. But then they've got their uh, they got the Saints coming to... San Francisco, uh, will it be Jameis Winston? Will it be Andy Dalton? Uh, they just got the news. They lost Mike, uh, Michael Thomas. He's out. So, I mean, the Saints are three and five. They're in a little bit of a struggle. You got the, the you know, the Miami South Beach 49ers coming to town on, on December 4th. That'll be an interesting matchup because McDaniel versus Shanahan. Shanahan normally takes care of guys who have coached with him or guys, you know, who uh, he coached with in the past. He usually handles them, but McDaniel's a different animal. He'll be coming in with Raheem Mostert, Tyree Kill. That'll be an exciting matchup. Then the Buccaneers come to town, and so uh, that's a uh, you know that's one that the four, by then who knows what the Bucks will be. They're three and five. They play the Rams this week. Will they still be in playoff contention? And then the Thursday night matchup versus the Seahawks is going to be huge. December fifteenth. That's going to be a huge game for the 49ers. And uh, we'll see what they're able to do. If they win that game, they're going to win the division. I'm going to say it. They win that game against the Seahawks. They win the division. And then they finish the season uh, against the Commanders. Washington comes here. A short trip to Las Vegas to play the Raiders, who are 2-5. and five. They could be completely checked out by then. And then you've got the game against the Cardinals that they're now listing as January 8th at 10 a.m. Uh, but we'll see where we're at with that one and if it gets moved um, there were thoughts, you know, between whether it was going to be Sunday or Saturday. It looks like it's going to be a Sunday matchup now. Um, but I mean, the 49ers have a pretty favorable, favorable schedule. So I think you, we can be excited about, you know, how that schedule is going to go here in the future. Um, let me see if I miss anything. Sorry, guys. I was gone for a little bit as far as looking at the, the questions that were coming through. What's up, Mr. Corey. Welcome to chat. Always good. When I see Mr. Corey coming through um sg says the Chargers will also be without joey bosa who is out eight to ten weeks with a groin injury yeah that's a, still a big injury for them uh david campbell says they still need to beat the cardinals which they always have trouble doing 
Yeah, I think that's the next big game. Uh, I know that this game versus the Chargers, I want the 49ers to win. But in the grand scheme of things, it's an AFC matchup. Uh, just like the Chiefs, you know, you want to win those games, but you want to win NFC matchups and NFC division matchups the most. So Cardinals value over Chargers. But you can get a win against the Chargers. You don't have to go anywhere. You're at home. Then you have the short trip to Mexico City to play the Cardinals. You can win that and go 4-0 in your division. You're going to be 6-4 and four and feel like you have an absolute stranglehold on the NFC West. I think uh, even though Seattle might even be ahead of you in the standings, with the fact that you have an early season win over them means you know that you go into that game and you win and you sweep them, and that's like having a two-game advantage. So I think the 49ers are sitting in a good spot, and a lot of it's with how they've played in the division. And they need to continue that. you got to beat the Cardinals. David is completely right. Um, but you know that we're gonna find out. That's gonna be a fun game. I think Mexico City is gonna be rocking for that one. I think the 49ers are gonna be uh highly, you know, have lots of fans in there as well. Uh what's up, Nico? He says Andre says hi and beat the Chargers. Hi, Andre. How's it going? Love Andre. Andre's the best. Um, yeah, beat the Chargers. Always gotta beat the Chargers, right, Nico? Uh for sure. And Mr. Corey says Shanahan hasn't handled former 49ers. The Force Buckner, Dante Pettis, DJ Jones, K1 Williams, and Jarek McKinnon. You're naming players. I was talking about coaches that he's coached with before. Uh, he handles LaFleur. Um, you know, he handles McVeigh. You you name them and he handles them. So coaching wise, he does uh, against coaches. It's the players that he struggles with at times where it feels like. So remember that when you're when we're talking about 49ers matching up against Mike McDaniel. It's kind of like Bill Belichick. Belichick usually does very good against you know, former pupils of himself. So I think Kyle Shanahan can definitely win in these games. Uh, I think he can, you know, help. But, I mean, it's not going to be easy. Raheem Mostert's still a good running back. Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be fired up for that game. And Tyreek Hill is just super fast. Um, and they're gonna, now they added Bradley Chubb to go with Jalen Phillips. It's a dynamic Dolphins defense if they can play at a high level. But we'll see. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, overall... I think the four years have a chance. So uh, SG says, hey, Ant, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm enjoying. You know, I have a, I have a big birthday this weekend. I'm, I'm going to be having a birthday celebration over the weekend. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Normally, birthdays don't mean a whole lot to me, but this is an important one for me because I'm turning 40. So I'm excited about it overall. I'm excited about, you know, getting older, I guess. Uh, I, I never thought I'd be happy to get to 40, but hey, why not, right? I'm enjoying life. And um, it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm looking forward to everything. And I'm, I'm thankful that the 49ers decided to have a bye because my birthday is actually on Sunday. So I don't really have to worry about it. When the schedule came out uh, and there was a bye on, on my birthday, I'm like, hey, thanks. And thanks, Donald. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was like, that'll be nice. You know, Alex, I kind of was hoping the, the, the bye was going to be on Alex's wedding. So I didn't miss anything. But hey, why not? You know what I mean? It, it, it's all good. Um, Thank you so much, SG, as well. I really appreciate that. So now that we went through the schedule, guys, um, Bomber T, what's up? How's it going? Says, always listening. Always good when Bomber T comes through. Uh, and uh, David Campbell says, and we'll drink a 40 to celebrate a 40. I like, <laughs> I like that, David. Nice play on words. Uh, very much in enjoying. Yeah, it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun time. Going to get to, you know, just live it up a little bit. Enjoy it. Uh, it's going to be fun. Thanks, Mr. Corey. Really appreciate it. Yes, I am a Scorpio. Mr. Corey coming with the knowledge. 
Um, I don't know if that I don't know if a lot of people really think that's a good thing or a bad thing or not. But uh, now that we've went through this schedule, though, I, I'm curious what everyone thinks. What is the most important game on the schedule for the 49ers? Is it that matchup uh, against the Cardinals in Mexico City? Or is it the matchup against the Seahawks on December 15th? I'm curious what everyone thinks about this game because overall, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, both games are going to be impressive, but who knows? Uh, and uh, Sean, what is up, Sean? Aloha. How's it going? Uh, yeah, Jimmy G's birthday was yesterday. So yeah, me and Jimmy G are are, are friends, I guess, with that. Um, and what is up, Scott? Said happy birthday. Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm actually not a drinker, uh, so I I won't drink, but yeah, I'll still enjoy myself, right? And uh, yeah, David doesn't drink. Um, yeah, I think that's how it was, but it's it's fun, right? I mean, it, you still can have fun without it, I think. I think I am, right? Uh, D. Will says against Seattle. Um, 49ers Faithful says Seattle in Seattle. And Sean says Seahawks and Cardinals, so you're kind of getting both of those. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, SG's wishing Jimmy G a birthday. Jag coming through with the super chat. Uh, so really appreciate Jag with a $2 super chat. Says, TCC, can we go 6-0 and in the division, 9-8, and and not make the playoffs? If they go 6-0 and in the division, I believe they will win the, the division. Um, I get what you're saying, Jag, but I think the four yards can go 6-3 and over the final remaining nine games, get to 10-7 and like they did last year and still be able to make the playoffs and make a run at this thing. So I believe if they go six and zero in the division, they are going to make the playoffs and they're going to win the division. So I, I like that. So I, I think that's, what's going to happen. Mr. Corey says, no, it's the matchup against the dolphins. They're the winning team coached by the man. Some folks are saying was the real brains behind Shanahan. Well, I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to be highly motivated you want to prove otherwise, Mr. Corey. Um, but I think that is going to be a fun game, right? December 4th, uh, the Dolphins come to Levi Stadium. They've got so much talent on offense. They've increased you know, the talent on defense with Bradley Chubb. I think it's going to be a great matchup. That might be the 49ers' toughest matchup remaining of the games that they have on the docket because you have a Chargers team that's kind of limping in. Uh, the Cardinals always have late-season problems. I mean, they do give the 49ers problems, but... Uh, yeah, and then the the Saints, you know, they got the Red Rocket, um, but they're going to be without Michael Thomas. The Dolphins are the ones that are tough. Bucks, unless they get something turned around, Tom Brady is struggling a little bit without an offensive line that can block, which, I mean, any quarterback would struggle. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think that the Cardinals matchups, both of them, uh, the Dolphins and the, the Seahawks are the four remaining games that are probably the toughest for the 49ers. You got to think they could w- at least win one of those. Uh, so six and three is is realistic. I think six and three coming through is realistic. Uh, Jess with the 499 Super Chat says, happy birthday, coach. Thank you so much, Jess. Really appreciate that. Uh, really appreciate that. And, and Gary saying 19 for 37. Step up, TCC. Hit that like button. Yes, please hit the like button. Really appreciate it. It goes to help the, you know, the channel, helps the algorithm. So I uh, love it. Um, SG says, Warriors 30, Magic 30, tied at the end of the first. Got a little, got a little Warriors basketball going on in here. Sean says we cannot lose to ourselves. That's the key. It's about execution, Sean. They got to continue to execute. They did a very good job against the Rams. I thought that they executed at a high level in the entire second half. 
that was promising. I'm hoping they can build on that against the Chargers and keep this thing rolling. Because if they start rolling and they're able to get this thing going, I don't know how many teams can stop them on offense with the amount of talent that they're going to have. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. And, you know, one thing I want to present to everyone that's here in chat right now, would you sign Odell Beckham Jr.? Adam Schefter brought it up. Maybe the 49ers and, and Odell Beckham would have mutual interest. Would you guys go ahead and make that move? Or is that someone you want to stay away from? I put it on the channel. It got a lot of reaction. A lot of people watched it. But I'm curious what everyone's opinion is on Odell Beckham. Because it felt like it was going, you know, each way. Like, some people wanted him. Some people didn't. Mr. Corey says, that's the reason I say it's the most important. All the reasons you just named. Well, good. Then we're on the same page. I like that. And Jag with a $2 super chat. Thanks so much, Jag. I really appreciate it. It says, TCC, happy birthday, young man. Enjoy your 40th. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that, Jag. Uh, I will. I'll, I'm going to have a good time. I think it's going to be a, a fun weekend. And then, you know, we'll we'll enjoy it. And then we'll get right back to football next week. Um, why not, right? And SG says, I would sign Odell Beckham Jr. to the San Francisco 49ers. So SG's on board with it. Bomber T says, hell no. OBJ's knees are blown out. And that's what I love, right? Because I, I love bringing it up because we can get both ends of the spectrum. SG's like, yeah, let's do it. Bring him in. And Bomber T's like, hell no, we don't want we don't want OBJ. I love it. And you know, that's the thing. If it's like Bomber T says, how what are his knees like? Of course, he would have to come in and pass a physical for the 49ers. I think, you know, me and uh, Warren it came out on, you know, the cover two episode that came out today. We had a conversation about it and we didn't agree. You know, I mean, he he wouldn't sign OBJ and I would. And the reason I would is OBJ is a guy that can win one-on-one. -on -one. But I understand all the negatives about it, right? Well, he wouldn't fit in the locker room, potentially. Um, we don't need him. Like, I understand what people are saying. I just looked at it as a wide receiver that could win one-on-one -on -one if you need it. If you have two guys, him and Brandon Ayuk, and then you have Kyle Shanahan's comments about Danny Gray this week, you just wonder if there's an opportunity for a fifth receiver in the 49ers offense. Uh, because they keep needing to bring guys up, and Danny Gray's struggling to block. So, um, But I understand everyone's feelings on it, and I, I love it. Mr. Corey says, if we lose to the Dolphins, people will say we didn't beat anyone after getting crushed by Kansas City. I think that's, yeah, you're probably right. I think you're probably right about that for sure. Mr. Corey says, I want no part of OBJ. Uh, yeah, and Jess, of course, the whole weekend. It's, it's a birthday weekend. Come on now. Got to enjoy it. Uh, and SG says, I want a part of OBJ. I think it's fun that we're kind of got the back and forth. Um, you know, and then you had the Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk said, boo. I don't know if he meant like, boo, we'd be scary. Boo, I don't want OBJ. I thought it was an interesting take. It was on Halloween when he said it. Uh, Mr. Corey says, Brandon Ayuk is taking the next step. OBJ would get in the way. Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, and Jennings are enough. Uh, I think that's a fair point. I think that's a fair point. And David Campbell says David is, or Danny is in a gray area. Danny is in a gray area. I like that. Um, Danny Gray is suffering from Shanahan rookie wide receiver problems. You know, I mean, this is just what happens. And sometimes it gets you your rookie year. Sometimes it gets you your second year. Ask Dante Pettis. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan wants consistency with route running. He wants you to be able to block. He wants you to be able to run every route in the tree. And when you can't, you suffer the consequences. And I think that's what Danny Gray is going through. I do like that he's a rookie going through it, though, instead of Ayuk in his sophomore year or Dante Pettis in their sophomore year. Uh, part of it, you know, they had to count on Ayuk, Ayuk to make a lot of plays. Uh, he had to be out there and play a lot in 2020 with injuries to Debo Samuel. And Dante Pettis played a lot in his rookie season as well. 
So they went through it in their sophomore year. Danny Gray's going through it right now. Traffic says Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, CMC, and OBJ sometimes open damn near every play. Someone's open damn near every play. You're right, Traffic. Uh, that's why it's it's kind of fun for me to think about. You know what I mean? Odell Beckham would, if he's healthy, We that's the thing, right? It all comes down to is that knee healthy. Um, it, it could potentially be another deep threat. So I, I'm I'm with you, Traffic. And, you know, there's people that are on the other end of it, and that's okay as well. Uh, you know, um, let's see. Sean says, would you keep McGlinchey next year? Who? What's his number going to be? You know what I mean? What's his salary cap number going to be? Where are you picking in the draft? Because um, right tackles are hard to come by uh, that are, you know, play at a, at a decent rate. McGlinchey, I think, is a middle-of-the-road right tackle in this league. And I think you've got a situation where you don't pick in the top 100. So unless you have his replacement already in there or you believe you can pick someone up in free agency, uh, I think you're going to roll with Mike McGlinchey. I think he might end up coming back if they can get him for like 8 to $11 million dollars. A subtle little small maybe uh, raise in money, you know, up to eleven million from what he's making this year. Um, but I just don't know how many good right tackles you're going to be able to, you know, to come by. And with them not picking high in the in the draft, are you going to be able to find someone that can take his spot? You know, would you be willing to roll with Daniel Brunskill as the right tackle next year? I think those are some big uh, question marks. So I think right now I would lean towards keeping Mike McGlinchey. Uh, but that one's kind of tough, you know what I mean? And and they've made decisions on the offensive line. They've been willing to move off of certain players. Um, yeah. Eric Dane says, no OBJ. They need all the cap space they can get to re-sign Bosa. They do need cap space. Um, if I told you, though, you know what I mean, that they, like, because they say they have the money for Bosa. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, but I get what you're saying. I'm with, I, I, I agree with you, Eric Dane. They do need all that money. So if it's a thing where you need that money to get Obosa, then yeah, no OBJ. I'm with you on that. Uh, and I think that's a fair point. So uh, I've been talking about on the field stuff, but that one makes sense as well. And that's why I like having these conversations. So uh, I think people point out different things and it makes you think, why not? I mean, I would probably still do it because I want to go all in and win a Super Bowl. And if I felt like OBJ was the guy that was going to put him over the top, I would. But if Kyle doesn't feel like he's the guy, then they definitely shouldn't do it. 49ers focus says it's a, it's a matter of money, Gary. Usually is, right? Usually leads to the money situation. Uh, let's see. Um, Dave, or Donald says, I'm happy with Debo and BA. Yeah, the, BA's playing really good. I've been, I've been happy with, with BA. Uh, it has nothing to do with BA. Really, it doesn't. What it has to do with the, the kind of those last guys, you know what I mean? Because um, Ray Ray and Jimmy haven't been able to connect. Uh, but I, I do like Ray Ray too. I'm hoping he's going to start having more offensive production in the next several weeks. Maybe he will uh, with the addition of CMC. Mr. Corey says Jack Conklin will be a free agent. Um, Mr. Corey, what do you think it's going to cost for Jack Conklin? I honestly don't know what you know his rate is going to be. Uh, curious if it's going to cost a lot more than it would cost to get McGlinchey back. Of course, McGlinchey has been dealing with injuries over the last several years. Um, but before that, he was an Iron Man. I mean, he didn't miss football games, especially in college. Bomber T says, no OBJ. He is a lamb at heart. Uh, yeah, I mean, for that reason, right, you might not want him. Uh, Gary says, there are worse right tackles than the Glinch in the league. That is 100% accurate, Gary. There are a lot of worse tackles in this league. 
I think, you know, McGlinchey's done a pretty good job overall. You know what I mean? This year, he's had some glaring weaknesses, especially since the calf injury. Once he had the calf problem, I felt like he struggled a little bit in a couple of games. But, I mean, overall, there for a while, he had given up like five hurries. I mean, he was playing at a pretty high level. He hasn't been able to consistently get that. Um, but, you know what I mean? It's, it's like one of those things where he's done better than anticipated this year. He's definitely figured out what his playing weight should be because, I mean, he's, he's kind of tried to do a couple of different things with his playing weight. Is you know there for a while he was two hundred I'm sorry three hundred and twenty pounds, um, then he tried to in 2020 to go down he went down to three hundred pounds and he was too light and he couldn't anchor and everyone was blowing him up, so then last year he went back to three hundred and twenty pounds and he got hurt so this year he's three ten he's right in the middle, and um, you know I mean let's look at his number I mean he's played at four hundred and sixty eight snaps this year uh, he has four penalties not terrible he's allowed five sacks. Uh, that's tied for third according to PFF, and he's got a seventy point two grade for PFF. So, I mean, he's he's pretty much an average right tackle um, in this league, and that's kind of where PFF sees him. Uh, watching the film, that's where I see him. You know what I mean? I think he's a above average, a, actually a pretty good run blocker. And then I think in the past, you know, pass blocking, he struggles a little bit. Uh, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to make things a little bit easier on Mike McGlinchey in the way that they go about it. So. I, I think that that's something to remember. And what's up, Ziggy? How's it going? Hope, hope you're having a good one. Traffic says McGlinchey is actually solid in the run game. And now with CMC, it's hard to find someone you can feel to make that spot better overall. I'm with you, right? Because that's the thing. You have to get, you have to find a better option than Mike McGlinchey. There's no one you're going to find this year for sure. Could you get someone next year? Maybe. You know, the, Mr. Corey brought up Jack Conklin. Um, so I don't know. You know, and, and that's what Mr. Corey says here. Of course, It'll cost more for Conklin than McGlinchey, the former two-time first all-pro or all, you know, first team all-pro. Yeah, so what's it gonna cost and and what are the you know the thought processes on it? We know how Kyle values his offensive line, right? Left tackle is the most valuable to Kyle Shanahan. Then right tackle. So I mean, if if that's gonna be the going rate, he could definitely do that. He could go Conklin. I think he loves the way McGlinchey blocks in the run game. So as long as they felt he was healthy. I think they would do that. So uh, Eric Dane says it's a weird year. It, it is. It definitely is. And what's up, John? How's it going? John Berg says, Ayuk should be wide receiver one and Debo should be wide receiver two. With Kittle, Mitchell, and McCaffrey, the passing game and running game should dominate, assuming Shannon calls good plays and Jimmy can execute. It comes down to execution. You're right, John. I think Ayuk right now um, is the number one X receiver, and I think moving Debo around is important. I don't think Kyle looks at these wide receivers as, oh, you're wide receiver one, you're wide receiver two. I don't think he has like a hierarchy like that. I think it's more about getting these guys in certain situations, whichever way he can do it is important. So I think that's where he's going with, you know, those guys. Uh, but Ayuk is doing a very good job and, you know, he's made some very pivotal catches. He's been able to create separation and one-on-one. The Rams came out with Jalen Ramsey pretty much one-on-one -on -one locked on him. He was still able to make plays. So, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about Brandon Ayuk and where he's going. Uh, and I think they have a pretty good wide receiver room. I'm just I'm just I'm just gonna be honest. I want all the good players. I want all the good players. So there you go. Uh Eric Dane says it's a weird year to go all in. The NFC is winnable, but you're probably gonna be playing the Bills and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You're right, but that's it, right? You only have to win that one game. Uh I know you have to win and get there. The NFC is winnable. So getting yourself to the Super Bowl. 
you don't have to be the best team. You just have to play the best that day. Uh, matchups create, you know, opportunities. So what is who are you going to play? Will it be the Bills and Chiefs? You have an opportunity to beat either one of those teams. I know the Chiefs came in and, and molly whopped the 49ers. They did. I'm not saying they didn't, but uh, you're looking for that opportunity. And it's hard to beat a team twice in one season. And the 49ers, you'll go in there. It might not be the Bills or Chiefs. The way things have happened, you never know who you're going to play against. You know, I mean, when when uh, Harbaugh and the 49ers got to the Super Bowl in 2012, it probably wasn't supposed to be Baltimore. In fact, I know it wasn't. It was they upset Denver. Uh, so things happen, right? The New York Giants make it to the Super Bowl and beat the Patriots. Things happen. You just want to give yourself the opportunity to do so. David Campbell says, aside from last year's injury, McGlinch always seems to be to answer the bell. Yeah, I, I've always been kind of a fan of McGlinch, especially in the run blocking. I think he's spectacular in run blocking, so I'm with you. Uh, Eric Gaines says, I don't know if OBJ makes a difference over the Bills or Chiefs. Uh, it all depends on if he makes a difference in the offense, scoring 30 points. you got to be able to compete with those teams offensively, all the while stopping them on defense. Uh, is it easy? No. And, I mean, is he going to be the exact reason why? Maybe not. I, I think that is that is that's uh, for sure. And then Jag, with a $2 super stat, says, must pressure Herbert pass yards 2009 run 622. Yeah, you've got to put pressure on Herbert, and you got to keep him in the pocket, which isn't easy. I mean, he's still a pretty athletic quarterback, so he can create with his legs, he can extend plays, and he has an absolute cannon, so I'm with you. Uh, locating him, keeping your rush, you know, the pass rush lane integrity is going to be important. So, I mean, it's not an easy proposition at all. Um, and Ziggy says, did we talk about Burford yet and Kittle not having a good blocking game? No, we didn't. We, we didn't talk about Burford. Uh, Burford got a very terrible rate, you know, from PFF. Uh, I think that those are going to come. Those are going to happen, especially when you play teams that have like Aaron Donald, um, Burford is still learning, you know, and that's part of the reason they have Daniel Brunskill. He can go in there and, you know, Brunskill did a pretty good job. Uh, there were some plays that, uh, you know, Burford struggled and I think that, you know, he, those guys got to get better. And I think, you know, that's one thing Kittle talked about in the CMC touchdown run. He said, you know, pretty much we all missed our assignments. So yeah, they've got to continue to get better. The good news is they overcame those, but execution in the run game, execution in the pass game have been the problem for the 49ers and their Achilles heel in this 2022 season. Getting those guys together, um, I think, is going to be the most, you know, most important. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm loving it so far. Uh, Mr. Corey says, if not Conklin, if I'm with Brunskill at right tackle in 2023, he did fine in there in 2019. He did. He did a good job in 2019 filling in, and even better than Justin Skule. Bomber T says, we can beat the Chiefs or Bills at 100% healthy, and at least you have the opportunity to do so, right? Uh, that's the thing. You just want that chance. You want that opportunity to do so. John Burke says next year in the draft, the offensive line needs to be addressed more than any other position. McGlinchey has been okay throughout his career, but he's underperformed on too many occasions. The question is where are they going to go, right? They're going to have two third round picks, a compensatory pick. So they're going to be probably outside of the top 100. Then you have three fifth round picks. Then you have one six and three sevenths. Now, could you maneuver a little bit and get up into the top 100? Yeah, you can. Um, who are going to be those starting caliber players for the offensive line that you're going to get? Do they maybe already have some of those guys? Nick Zakel, Spencer Burford, Daniel Brunskill, um, guys they've invested in, Colton McKivitz. Could those be the starting guys? I wonder, because I don't know if we're going to be able to get a starting offensive lineman 
in those later rounds. So if John, you're saying address it with guys you can continue to develop, I think that is probable. Uh, if it's guys that can step in and start day one, there's not very many Spencer Burfords out there. You know, and the 49ers kind of go with a red shirt style system, especially with the offensive line. I think that's what Nick Zakel and Jason Poe are involved in right now. So I, I get what you're saying for sure. They definitely need to continue to address it. I just don't think they're going to be able to address it in early rounds until the next year in 2024 when they could go out and actually grab somebody in that spot. This, of course, is the, the putrid 97 Giants got high at the right time in 2011. They did. You know, and that's unfortunate. That really is. But that's how football works. It clicks at the right time. You get it going and you make something happen. So uh, it's, it's kind of the way it rolls with a lot of this. This, of course, is we had a 10-point fourth-quarter lead in a better Chiefs team in the Super Bowl before Kyle uh, stopped running the ball. We'll be fine against them healthy. I, I think I think I want to see that matchup. You know what I mean? I mean, do I want to see the Chiefs? No. Uh, but I want to see the 49ers in the Super Bowl, no matter who they play. Let's get it. Uh, you know, and you see a NFC, NFC and an NFC West. Uh, overall, the landscape looks good for the 49ers and their chances to go ahead and and get to the Super Bowl. Why not, right? Uh, give yourself an opportunity. That's all you want to do is give yourself an opportunity to win. You don't have to be the best team that wins there. You just have to be playing the best that day. And I think the 49ers have a really good roster, and they could be playing the best at that time. Eric Dane says, Ant, do you know if there's a deadline to sign OBJ, or could they just sign him like week 17 for the playoffs? I know there's a trade deadline, but not sure about free agent deadline. Yeah, you could wait. I mean, you could just sign him at the end of the season. I think he's going to be willing to come back here in the next month or so. Uh, because he's coming off the ACL that he suffered in the playoffs last year. So usually you want to wait around nine months. It'll be a little bit over nine. I think he's going to be ready to come, but you're right. You can just wait until the end. And it, it's it's really, really cool uh, to see that happen. And thank you so much, uh, Lalo uh, Martinez, for becoming a channel member. Really, really appreciate that. It's big time. Um, and, you know, that's the thing is it's like, that's part of the reason that a guy like o Odell Beckham or Indominus Sue are enticing to the 49ers because they don't, you don't have to give up any draft capital for them. You just have to make sure you have room on your roster for them. That's what's important. Uh, so I think that's why those guys make sense. So we'll see. We'll see. And Donald says, Ant, how do you think the Niners will use CMC next week? Um, I, or what his usage will be? I think that they're going to use him in a variety of different ways. I think what they're going to continue to do uh, is split him out in, in, you know, in wide receiver roles, leave him in the backfield, motion him out. What I'm curious to see is how they play him off of Debo because you're going to get these defenses into some personnel groupings that aren't going to feel comfortable for them. What you want to get is you want to get the matchup of Christian McCaffrey on a linebacker. If you can get that, he's going to win all the time. Let's see what the Chargers do. If they try to go with a safety on McCaffrey, even then, that could be a mismatch. So I think it's going to be very difficult, you know, for them to be able to use them. But I think CMC is still going to get 20 touches. I think it's going to be a variety of different ways. I think you're probably going to see 12 or 13. Uh, I'm going to say 12 runs, probably eight, you know, receptions. And then to get Elijah Mitchell, you know, five to eight, uh, eight touches as well. I think that's kind of the best way to go. But I think the more exotic looks are coming from Kyle Shanahan with, when you get Debo Samuel and CMC out there together. Mr. Chris says, Ant, I was really hoping for Stephon Gilmore. I was too. I was hoping they were going to make a move. I'm, now I'm just hoping that Jason Vrett is more healthy than we anticipate, and he's going to be able to get out there. Because, uh, I mean, I am worried about that cornerback spot opposite of Tarverius Ward. With Mosley, I had no worries. With If Jason Vrett's healthy, I have no worries. 
Um, but I don't know what Jason Verrett's status is. You know, only that he's been activated to the 53. But we'll see. You know, I mean, we're, we're going to see. Uh, Donald says, how will the Niners UCMC next week? Okay, that's, uh, that's what we answered. Travis says, don't forget to, if you don't sign OBJ, other contenders will. There's a good chance you're going to see him. That's the truth. You know, he could potentially end up on a team like Kansas City or or Dallas who missed out on Brandon Cooks or Green Bay. Um, teams that are for, you know, that are out there that could potentially want him. So, yeah, I mean, I think if the 49ers were, if I think if Danny Gray was playing, you know, to the levels that I anticipated coming out of the draft and he was making big plays for the Niners uh, and Kyle Shanahan was comfortable with him, I wouldn't even be bringing up OBJ because I'd feel strong about those five guys. But I think I'd feel a little bit better if OBJ was our third wide receiver and Jawan Jennings and Ray Ray McLeod were four and five. I, I'm I'm just one of those embarrassment of riches. Sounds good to me. Um, but I understand for the people that don't want that to happen too. It makes sense. And if he is going to be a problem in the locker room, then I don't want it. I just don't think he will be for the mere fact that look how strong this locker room is with you know with leaders like Trent Williams and Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and Fred Warner. Strong leadership groups, right? This is like one of those things where you know personality-wise, he you know Deion Sanders comes in and he's different, but you have the leaders around that can help handle it. I think that is that's kind of what you're remembering and thinking. Bobo says if Seattle can blow out the Chargers, so can we. Uh, Bobo says it annoys me that Seattle is still in first place. I'm with you. I think the 49ers can win this game. I think it's a winnable game. I think they can go out there and execute at a high level. And Donald says, Ant, I don't think Kyle really likes to play rookies. I don't think so either. And I think it's especially heightened at the wide receiver position. He is hypercritical of wide receivers in this league. And I think a lot of it's because of how much time he you know, paid attention to it. Uh, I think he's a he's a wide receiver mindset-wise. And I think he wants those guys to play at a high level, and he knows what it's going to take. I think he also knows that you know they can be great. I mean, he told Brandon Ayuk that Ayuk had never been coached right at the position. Pretty intense, right? But it, it's it's true. It's pretty good. Uh, David Kim says, I'm not counting on Verrett at all. Even healthy, he most likely will be a shadow of his former self. I think that's fair. You know, I mean, I'm not counting on him either. I'm hoping, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm hoping. I really am. Mr. Gore says, even if nobody got injured on defense, we couldn't lose either corner. That changes the entire defense. People just want to throw at Mooney when healthy. Yeah, we they won't. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, it does make it difficult, Mr. Corey. Uh, with Emmanuel Mosley, this defense was elite. You know what I mean? And without him, it's a little bit more difficult. Eric Dane says, it's pretty crazy. The CMC had a rushing, receiving, and passing CD in the same game. And they can still come up with even more exotic looks. I think that's that's exactly it, Eric. It's it's going to be a lot of fun over the next several weeks. Kyle's going to be figuring this thing out. He's going to be putting guys in big situations to make plays. Um, and only more coming from CMC, from Debo Samuel. Once you have those guys with a full playbook out there, it's going to be great. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. But guys, I'm going to go ahead and check out now. I've been on for a little over an hour Really appreciate everyone for coming through. It was fun, TCC. You guys are great. You guys drove the conversation today. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks so much for all the birthday wishes. I hope you guys all have a good weekend. Enjoy watching NFL football without pressure. And then next week, back to 49ers, and it'll be 49ers versus Chargers. Hope you guys all have a great weekend. Enjoy the Thursday night football game tonight. But until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.